0: I felt so underqualified. I felt so like there's, I need to learn so much.
1: And what just, I hear yeah. you saying, which I think is the magic of entrepreneurship for me, has been the authenticity of teamwork and collaboration.
0: Oh, Welcome back to the Journey Podcast. My name is Emma Jackson. And I'm Zay. And today we are joined by the wonderful Kiana O'Leary
2: welcome welcome i'm
1: happy to be here thank you so much for having me
0: absolutely it is a pleasure to welcome you to the show dr leary is an education consultant author of lead the truth and founder of minty educational services an educational consultancy building an impactful school community throughout through equity-centered pedagogy policies practices and programs so tell us a little bit about you. How did you get here? We would love to hear about your journey. Oh, wow.
1: Um, you want the short version or the long version? <laughs> I think for the sake of time, I'll go somewhere in the in the middle. Uh, so I started in humble Beginnings. I was an instructional aide, which is someone who was working with special education students, working as a supporter of the primary teacher. And then I learned early that I wanted to get into advocacy because I noticed that there were students who had been Um, disproportionately sent over to the special education program. And in order to mitigate that, I would need to go into the general education setting so that I could be an advocate at those decision-making tables. So naturally, uh, English is my jam. Uh, I wanted to initially be a journalist, and so uh, taking those journalism skills, I naturally morphed in receiving my certification in English Uh, started teaching high school English, advocating for those who I felt needed a little bit more love and a little bit more um, uh, individual strategies rather than displacement because of their behaviors or misunderstandings. Um, That work led into being a department chair. Then it led into being a vice principal, then principal, uh, and then into higher ed as a professor. And so all those things kind of morphed into me feeling like I was more of an asset outside of the traditional system so that I could begin to join my journey in becoming a consultant to support those who had similar stories or similar endeavors as myself.
2: So how many years have you been a consultant now?
1: I have been a consultant since 2020, so we are going into the fourth year, fifth year of consultant work. That's pretty exciting.
0: Yes. What do you see the most often when you come into a new school system? And I'm curious with what do you see, like what are the challenges that present themselves, both for the students and also maybe pushback from administration?
1: really interesting so in this role i spend a lot of time primarily with principals i serve as their coach and as their mentor And so really, I get an opportunity just to hear their side of the story and give them a safe space to be authentic, like take off all those hats and who are you? And many of them, believe it or not, they have some traumas that they need to unpack and they have some healing that they need to do, which sometimes leads into the way in which they treat their staff, which then bleeds into the way students are being treated. And so really being able to work with the principals at the top, it kind of changes the culture once they are a little bit more willing to be um, personable with their staff and their students
2: awesome i had a question so do you work with an agency or do you own your own business
1: i own my own business four years going four years going strong yeah yes. that's exciting you
2: operate just in texas or
1: no so that's the really remarkable thing about this work it's done remotely um i'm almost like a principal therapist if you will they <laughs> i meet with them once a week or twice a month um we work remotely online via zoom and um Uh, Yeah, I contract with them, contract with districts. They may give me 10 principals or one district gives me 22 principals. I don't do this work by myself. I have um, some consultants who work alongside with me as subcontractors, and I may give them three or four, depends on the dynamics of the school and the contract. From
0: a business perspective, right, because you have the consultancy work you do, but then you actually have, okay, now you're managing people, contractors. You're managing the reputation. You're building this. What do you think the challenges have been?
1: Really, the challenges, I would say, is uh, doing it with fidelity. I try not to be a micromanager, and I love giving people autonomy, but I want to make sure that we have the same package. So what we'll do is I may curate all of the um, ways in which they're going to connect with those principals or with those teachers, but then they'll add their own little jazz and their own personality to what that actually looks like in person.
0: That is awesome. I love how concise. It's clear the English is your jam because every single sentence is just so well put together. Did you ever see yourself going into education, higher ed, and then getting your doctorate?
1: No, I uh, really, 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 very really passionate. That's yeah. a very passionate. Note. No, it was, it, was, it was no, it was no. Um, I always say that teaching definitely was a calling. Um, I again started off as a journalism major. I have six brothers who are all really strong athletes. <laughs> so, being around the athletic arena, I wanted to be an athletic journalism, so a sports journalist, really highlighting um, some of the great things that athletes are doing on various courts and fields. And so, no, I didn't see this as something that I would do. Writing was always something I knew I would do. So. Being able to use writing, the love for literature, the love for reading as a vehicle to connect with young people, that became a calling and it was very rewarding. And it has also led me back to my original passion, which is writing and being an
2: author. Have you written, so how many books have you written so far?
1: So I have one book published. We just celebrated a year on December 20th of of that release. And now I'm starting to work on my next manuscript, and I'm really excited about the next piece.
0: So tell us a little bit about that journey. Did you self-publish or find a publisher?
1: So I have published with Rolich, one of the major publishing companies for educators. So I was really fortunate that... Uh, I pitched my proposal and they loved it and we were able to rock. I had a rock star editor, Heather, shout out to you. <laughs> and uh, she believed in the dream and was ride or die with me from the from the
0: ground up. We know that when you publish a book, it's, you know, all of the work that goes into it and then all of a sudden, oh, people now have to read this book, right? So tell us about the marketing process behind marketing a book that's been published.
1: Um, yeah, so uh, it's it's really interesting. Uh, Rolich has... A separate program called um, uh, Eye, on the, Eye on the Sky, Eye on the Prize. I'm not really familiar with it. But it really focuses on the educational writers. And so they already had a market of teachers. They had a market of principals who they were going to promote and solicit this uh, piece to. So that was really the great thing about having... Um, uh, a publishing company do all the footwork for you you really just had to focus on being the writer and the creator of, of the work uh, is really near and dear to me because it's really talking about my journey into education but also my um my separation from being boots on the ground on the on the on the campuses so it was written at a time where I was being my authentic self and kind of reflecting on my journey and then wanting to give teachers and educators permission to be authentic and so it it really um, you know, one of the things they told me is you you have to do a book signing tour. So uh, I was like, okay, what is the book signing? A minimum of seven book signings, seven different cities. Uh, so now that's travel. That's and That's so
0: a lot. How long did that take?
1: I was actually, um, I always go above and beyond. I think I've been like that <laughs> since I was little. And so we did 12 cities, one per month. And wow. we traveled around, uh, around the nation. And that was pretty um, exciting to get there. People have already read the work. Um, interested in me elaborating on certain pieces of the work Um, and it was I think more than anything just connecting and hearing people's stories was the biggest takeaway that I had from that
2: experience I want to catch up for a minute um last time we spoke um you shared that you produced like a little tv series what's the status on season two I'm curious to find out
1: Oh, my goodness. So many people have asked about season two of Black Academics. My team and I have really talked about what does that look like. and Can you tell them a little bit about it? I yes, know and,
0: and the audience. What of is Black course.
1: So Black Academics really stemmed from one of my colleagues and I. We were co-professors for uh, a summer uh, teacher can, uh, a teacher residency program. And in that, uh, they had the syllabi already ready. We just executed the work. But there was one work on the syllabus that we were both unfamiliar with. And I am one who didn't want to go into the classroom saying, you need to read this even though I haven't read this. So mm-hmm. I said, what is a good way for us to clean this up? And he came up with a brilliant idea, which was, assign a chapter to each of the groups and have them teach it to us right so they're going to use all the skills and uh, tools and pedagogy that we taught them but they're going to now teach us the book and so when we saw these teachers who had not yet stepped foot in the classroom teach we thought wow wouldn't this be really cool if it was a competition and so we morphed it into a competition show we added our third partner to join us in the endeavor of having five different episodes of three teachers uh, same lesson same group of students really delivering the lesson using different pedagogy specifically culturally relevant pedagogy and what that means is working with our at-risk populations, specifically african-american and hispanic populations of students and really demonstrating that if and when they are engaged they are highly brilliant and highly capable of demonstrating their accuracy of understanding the concepts and so we wanted to see which teachers could do that the best and we didn't judge we allowed the student to judge and that so, so cool. people have asked us over and over again when are we going to do season two of this competition and it's in the making we think we have um some ideas of when we can get that rolling any secrets you want to kind of like divulge we know that we want to have it in one city we are looking to have it here in the city of houston yeah. it's just a matter of making sure that we are able to connect all the dots and all the pieces to get it rolling and i think that it's going to be something special
2: Twenty twenty four, I hope to see you. Yes.
1: Hopefully, hopefully. Absolutely. Yes. So
0: tell us, we're still early in the year. I want to hear more about your personal and professional goals because you have a lot of things going on with writing a new book, with getting, you know, minty educational services launched into the new year. Yeah. What's
2: Blackademics? Black,
0: academics. Black academics? I mean, yeah. it's it's there's a lot going on. So tell us about your goals. Wow, we have some pretty
1: high year goals. We know that, you know, typically when you go into third year after launch of a business is typically when people run into either difficulty or triumph and it continues or it dismantles and we want to be on the continuum side. And so one way we're doing that is we're having a covenanting of teachers coming together virtually uh, at our Equity ingenuity Conference is taking place on March 23rd, 2024 and it is going to be amazing opportunity of folks to really see who we are, our talent, what we bring to the table so that we can expand our contractual services to other districts and other charters. So our goal is to every year increase by one one district, one charter, one school. And so if we're able to do that then we've done our job in terms of being able to make sure that more students in the classroom have teachers who love them, who accept them because they have leaders who are leading authentically and leading in their truth. Um, I think another goal we have is we are really fortunate that we have a farm in Sacramento, California. Like it's an actual, acres. like an actual farm. Actual I was going to ask that too. <laughs> we have one bull. His name is Ollie. <laughs> uh, we used to uh, allow someone to utilize the space for their chickens, pigs, and horses. So we do have rental space for people in agriculture who want to utilize the space. But it really is an event space. Uh, it's called State Farms, a Sacramento Ten Acre Farm. It's an event space where we have agriculture and also a place of community for folks to just engage. And so we utilize that space for our wellness retreats.
0: I saw that on your website. I saw stuff about about drum circles. I saw great conversation. Tell us what happens at those retreats. So as I mentioned,
1: we really want people to walk in their selves, their true selves or authentic selves. And we give them this space to come and really be themselves. And that means that they are able to play we don't give and we don't emphasize for educators and for adults to play. And so we give them plenty of opportunities to play, to network. Like basketball, like checkers, like (laughs) what kind of play? So an example would be like day one, we have a full-size carnival. And okay. typically you have adults who are managing kids at a carnival. Oh know. We have the adults playing the games that's at the carnival. That's such a good
0: role reversal. Yes. Yeah, so they them get in a to play.
1: Mindset. And just that laughter and that competition and that camaraderie on the games that require them to work in teams, we give them that opportunity. And that's a part of the wellness that we want to really promote for our, our educators.
0: How do you measure success in the work that you do?
1: Mm. It's really interesting that that's a question because – you know, we do what we call heart work. Heart work is when you work with humans and you're trying to change uh, their their beliefs or their way of thinking, um, really trying to help them to demonstrate a growth mindset. And sometimes you see it right away. And sometimes you may not see heart work being executed or demonstrated or displayed for years and years. So it's really difficult to say our measure of success. I think, of course, we can have um, quantitative data where we say we've helped X amount of teachers x amount of children but i think more so is when we have those testimonies where people say to us i didn't know what my wellness philosophy was until i came into this retreat or i didn't know that uh the histories of certain demographic of students and those barriers that prohibit them to be successful in mainstream schooling Um, when we help them get to a level of awareness or an experience that they haven't had then i think that that's our measure of success man steve
0: yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know, Jose. Do you have any thoughts or questions? No, honestly,
2: I think uh, I think at the end of the day is the mission that you guys are providing. It's amazing. Um, I know I come from uh, I'm Latino, you know what I'm saying. So I come from uh, English just a like second language, and then on top, of it, I had a little bit of dyslexia, so I was always it was always a difficult student. So I can really appreciate like um, teachers and principals and administrators that helped me through my
0: journey in mm-hmm. education.
2: So this is a topic that kind of hits home for me a little bit. I'm very grateful that you actually created a company that consults and kinda of promotes and help educate people to continue providing those services for the community. Thank you. Thank what you about for us? Were you have any questions for us? Reverse?
1: Yeah. Oh, I love I get to play the reverse. (laughs) Yeah, let's go. Let's go. So how did you all meet? And uh, how did you decide that this was like the mission that you had? Honestly, Emma
2: stalked me for like 30 days.
0: That's not true. (laughs) (laughs) No, I was a new business owner. So I took over my family's business at 22 after my dad unexpectedly passed away. And then COVID hit. And so it was just, you know, how do we keep treading water, keep the business alive? And we had worked with a few different businesses. I'm from Kentucky. And we had worked with a high-end barbershop in Kentucky. And I was like, you know, maybe I can work with more of these kind of businesses. Mm -hmm. So we cast a wider net. And I sent what I thought was a well-worded email, Mm -hmm. what Jose thought was a little bit scammy, a little bit Mm -hmm. sketchy, saying that I would love to you know when you're young and you're trying something you people have to give you a chance right so I said I want to run your digital advertising for you I'll do it for free for a few months you pay ad spend like just give me a chance and he was crazy enough to say yes and what what was your perspective on what happened after that
2: I mean uh, so I think it was the third year of the company the company was uh, struggling a little bit you know what I'm saying especially in the cosmos and barber realm um, we jumped on board with Emma and her team and within a matter of I want to say a few months six months later, We turned profit a year later. We were over one hundred percent profit. For me, it was mostly kind of like getting the word out that they were there. Mm -hmm. The quality was there. It's just the exposure wasn't there, and it was kind of like the breaking point to me. Like I broke the ceiling. Like ah, it makes so much sense. Like I understand a little bit more of what. Marketing can actually do for a business.
0: And then when Jose entered my life as a client, we started working closer together. I had never met someone like him. He would often start the calls like, hey, do you think I'm crazy? Or you might think I'm crazy, but I have an idea. (laughs) And um, he taught me the idea of having a team around you. So having, you know, accountants and lawyers and all of these resources because I did not come from a place where I I knew what resources were available to me. And uh, especially when it came to business, it felt really isolating. I didn't know anyone that was, doing what I was trying to do and now I met someone who was similar in age who had done it and succeeded at multiple different times because at this point he you had you had grown and sold even multiple businesses. Yeah. And so we started working close together and I was basically like, "Hey, I will help you with marketing if you will help me with the financial side and like the I guess what would you call like organizational side of the business? Operations." Yeah, mm-hmm. operations because okay. as a creative, operations. oh man, I was getting better at client facing, but I really struggled with structuring operations and efficiency in the business. And the more we started working together, Jose had been pondering starting a marketing company on his own. And we our paths got closer and closer together to a point where it made sense to uh, merge our businesses. Mm-hmm. And to, you know, and Jose, your business, so we are The Idea Farm by VM Digital. And his business was VM Digital and mine was The Idea Farm. And mine was, my father named the business, which now we're entering into our 50th year, which is wild. Mm-hmm. And Jose, where did VM Digital come from?
2: It's my mom's initials. I wanted to create it. So, I feel like Latinos we don't get educated in financial literacy, we don't get educated in business. Um, and I always admired um, I'm going to say white people, but like the white people's uh, investment houses like their family houses mm-hmm. where they have a trust, they have an estate, you know what I'm saying? I always admired that for them. That when their kids get born, they, you know, they get to work for the family, they there's there is a leg up. So I wanted to create that for me and for my family, for my legacy. Um, I named it VM Digital because it's like Vivian Martinez and my mom's initials. And I wanted to make sure that I always have her blessing in it. And then also dedicate it back to her in the in the Latin culture. And when you get to a certain age, um, you take care of your parents like financially 100%. doesn't matter like what they need. They need a house, they need money. That you got to take care of them. So this is like, me putting like the next thing, not only taking care of my kids, my future kids, but also taking care of my, my mom and my dad. They gave life to me, so.
0: So it's like a joint family legacy to try to build that, you know, that generational wealth and that pathway to success. So,
1: I love it. Uh, it resonates so much with me. Minty, many people ask, where does Minty come from? And it is the nickname of Armenta, who is Harriet Tubman. That's her original birth name is Armenta, and her dad called her Minty for short. And so, very similar to you with your mom. Carrying this legacy of this name, which my grandmother used to tell me, you know, Harry Tubman is our auntie. And later on, I found out she was not our auntie, <laughs> um, but she meant in a sense of an ancestry type of auntie. And so I kind of consider myself as like the auntie of the community, whether it's me being auntie for principals or for students. I kind of see myself in that role. So yeah. that resonates with
2: me. For me, I've always been the entrepreneur that... Uh, Kind of see the vision but i don't execute the labor in a certain degree like for the barbershop i don't cut hair like you asked me to cut your hair it's gonna be 100 messed up <laughs> um i have i started my journey kind of in a company called characters when i was 22 i wanted to be a music producer and engineer um that kind of like opened the doors to so many different ventures i found out that i'm very good at asking the right questions and then diving into the educational side of what i want to learn and I always figure, like, if I need a, a gardener, I should open a landscaping business and just make money cutting grass for other people and for myself. Open your new local oh. handyman. Um, my first home, I need to remodel it. Find a contractor, open a contracting company. And that's been kind of, like, my whole dynamic over the years is mm-hmm. seeing the opportunities kind of scaling up and growing the business. And when I met Emma, it was at that point in, like, my career that I'm, like, Okay, at this point, is like I really needed to like niche down what I'm actually gonna do, and I graduated college with an audio engineering degree, and I'm like, I do understand marketing. I like marketing more in the video side. The studio work for me was torture in a certain degree, <laughs> especially because I went more for like vocal engineering. So but it was he's like,
0: a phenomenal director and producer mm-hmm. because it's the it's not just the opportunities, and I will say, okay, I think that because he entered in in like a very operational financial kind of quantitative way into the business at first i did not originally see jose as a creative and i will publicly say <laughs> and eat my words a million times over that he's one of the most creative people i've ever met and the ability to come like at the end of the day what we do really is storytelling mm-hmm. and you know elevating innovative interesting stories whether it's on a podcast or through a website or an amazing video and jose can piece apart what that story is and how to tell it
2: but you want a secret Tell me i'm very shy so, like, when it's public speaking or in camera or talking here, I'm, like, kind of quiet. But when I'm in the studio, the doors are closed. It's just me and my imagination and seeing, like, the, the timeline and how I want to kind of put the puzzles together. Then I bring in Emma, and then she's like, oh, we could do this. And then I get more hype because she just opened my, like, another door to a possibility, and then we create something really beautiful together.
1: What I hear you saying, which I think is the magic of entrepreneurship for me, has been the authenticity of teamwork and collaboration. Uh, I started this off, you know, by myself, and then I met my uh, co-creator and co-partner in crime through working as uh, co-professors. It, you know, I thought after the gig was up that he would go his way and I would go my <laughs> way. And he was like, you know that what we did with the students. I really think we should make a show out of it. We're gonna meet <laughs> on Saturday, And I'm like, for what? What are we meeting? He had an entire script. He had everything kind of written out, and I let him like lead the way. And that
0: I, sounds like Jose. Um, yeah. I had already
1: started. Uh, Minty, he was on the cusp of uh, thinking about uh, starting estate farms he was really doing pure space out of his backyard and he was realizing like i need more space people want more space to rent uh, he had a, he's really good at landscaping and he decided i'm gonna sell the house and get a farm i'm like oh oh that's okay. a big <laughs> decision that's, that's that's huge and just he did it at the right time got a really great deal and it's just kind of morph where Most people who come apart and be a part of our team, there is just this authentic thread of how we need to come together, piece together to kind of execute the mission and vision. So being around like-minded folks feels good right now. How do you,
2: uh, so when I was uh, interning at CRC, um, one of the engineers there always told me like the best records are produced on the like the most chaotic um, environments. Like you cry over the record, you fight over the record let the record sit for a couple weeks, you come back to it. Um, in your business, how do you, you know, collaborate with your, co- part, you know, your co-owner, and do you see any, like, child-centered relations?
1: So, when it comes to um, training and coaching, that's pretty seamless. Um, we have a great formula. We work individually with those schools that we're assigned to, and so there really isn't any... Um, level of tension or conflict is when we're hosting the events like <laughs> the conference that's coming up and uh, those retreats that we have in the summer. That's when it can get really chaotic because you have so many moving pieces. You have the and a deadline,
0: a real deadline. You have deadlines,
1: you have ticketing, you have decorations, food, and all the pieces that you have of planning a major event to host a lot of people in such a short amount of time. And so I think that um, it's been really amazing to have people who trust the vision and I'm the visionary and I'm, I, I'm really, really well at communicating and sometimes I think I over-communicate and they're like, just tell us what you want us to do, darling. <laughs> 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 I know, <to> me. <laughs> just, we, we trust that it's going to be this and I'm like, you guys want to go with um, this shade of purple or indigo? And they're like, just pick a purple. It's okay. <laughs> um, so I think I really, really try to bring them in and they just trust in there. So I think it's a good mesh.
2: I think me and Emma's partnership is um interesting because she's the one that, I have an idea and then she takes my idea and she's like, this is what I accomplished. I just don't know how to do it. I'm like, okay. And then I step back and I, I put it together like the cameras, lighting or whatever, we're building. And then she comes back and she gets really excited. And sometimes she hates it and then has to like restart from, from scratch. <laughs> but it's constantly, like you said, communication. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I think that both of us were lone wolves before. And I don't know that Jose wanted, I don't know if you wanted a business partner, but you realized like, I I didn't No, and then for a while I was like I there's so much pressure doing it alone so much pressure and I felt so underqualified I felt so like there's I need to learn so much and just the um, having the emotional support of someone else that Mm -hmm. understands Mm -hmm. what you're going through as much as you possibly can uh really really does help and it's also been a journey of learning to work through my own ego and pride Mm -hmm. to let go because I think both of us are control freaks we are very like high levels of perfection that we want to achieve And there's that element of trusting someone else to do their job, you know.
1: Which was why we brought in the third person. We knew that we uh, both had a lot of similarity, so we were going to be able to, like, understand each other and um, connect on those things that were similar, but we would be really bullheaded in the things that we disagreed in. And so um, shout out to Santos. He serves (laughs) as the third person that we both come to. Like, what do you think? And he's like. I'm going to have to roll with key on this one or I'm going to have to. So uh, to see our dynamic is to go on our YouTube uh, Crucial Conversations for Radical Educators, our webinars every month. And we have a different radical person speak about a topic that has been trending in education that may not be welcomed on a campus, but we have nothing to lose. So come to the (laughs) webinar and we have a discussion about it. So you get to really see the dynamic of our trio on that.
0: We'll add a link in in the bio below. So please check out the YouTube channel and support. Yeah. Um, and at the end of the day, thank you so much for coming in and having such a wonderful conversation with us. There's a lot to think about. I'm going to want to talk to you afterwards as well. <laughs> and I have
1: some uh, things I want to pick your brain about. As well. thank, you for me. thank you so thank much you. for
2: coming. I really do appreciate it.
0: If you all like this content, please don't forget to like, subscribe and share with any of your friends and family who might be interested. Bye. See you next time. Mm-hmm.